going on, guys? What's going on? I hope you guys are having a good day. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I want to welcome you to drboycetv.com, the home for intelligent black people. Now, today we're going to talk about Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Black Lives Matter. Um, I just saw a report today uh, about Black Lives Matter, and uh, they're not too happy with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They kind of feel a little bit played, a little bit disappointed, uh, a little bit misled, uh, run amok, led astray. Uh, Black Lives Matter is basically saying that uh, in all the time that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden have been in office, which which actually isn't that long, but since they've actually requested a meeting, they haven't even heard back. Uh, the Biden administration is not even picking up the phone. Uh, Kamala Harris hasn't uh, you know, hit them back on the text or the DM. And uh, and they're wondering what's going on. Well, I got some insights into this that I'd like to break down for you. Um, it has to do with this concept called moral hazard. And we're going to talk about this. So buckle up your seatbelt. Go ahead and hit the thumbs up button. Hit the share button. Hit the subscribe button. We're going to get started right now. Here we are, claiming the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to coach out for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are. Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Welcome to drboycetv.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, if you're black and intelligent, uh, put a hashtag B1 in the chat. Hashtag B1 means that you're black first. Uh, you have to be black first, which means we put our community first, which means that uh, we don't really care what you got going on. All we care about is what we got going on. And uh, we are uh, we love our kids. We love our community. And we believe that we can actually do things for ourselves. So if you agree with this philosophy, put a hashtag B1 in the chat. Uh, if you could do that, I'd appreciate that. That way we know we're on the same page uh, because I can't have a conversation about blackness if we're not putting black people first. So uh, Black Lives Matter. Let's talk about Black Lives Matter. Uh, black Lives Matter is this organization that does a lot of really powerful work. Um, it's an organization that I am not a part of. Um, I do believe in the concept that Black Lives Matter, but I don't uh, necessarily go along with uh, that agenda. I read the agenda on their website and when I saw that part about dismantling the nuclear family, I knew this wasn't for me. Uh, when, they said, when they said our goal is to dismantle the nuclear family, I think they made a mistake because they kind of laid out, they, they kind of laid too many of their cards on the table and let me know what was going on. Now, now I might not be the smartest bulb in, you know, on the Christmas tree, but I ain't stupid. I ain't a complete sucker. And, I, and I'm not going to go sign up for something that leads to my own destruction. So since I believe that the black family is one of the most important elements of the black community, uh, Black Lives Matter was not for me. But that doesn't mean it's not for everybody. And that doesn't mean that the organization can't do some good. Right. You know, uh, the organization really got out there and drew, drove tremendous awareness around uh, police brutality. Uh, they, they've, they've been uh, cutting edge on issues uh, related to uh, particularly police killings of black men. Uh, they, they've been on the, the, the forefront of that. And, uh, and, and for that, they should be commended. So, uh, you know, let, let's clap for Black Lives Matter, because there are some good people in the organization, really good people. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, who are well-intended. Uh, some of you may be watching this channel right now. So I respect you and I appreciate you. And I love the fact that you're out there doing the work. Uh, now, the difference though, is that some of us have been around in this game uh, for a while. Some of us have been watching um, watching this you know, politics thing happen for a really long time. You know, Some of us have uh, seen uh, these, these recurring cycles uh, that you may not know about. If you're 25 years old, like I was, when I was 25 and I used to write articles on the University of Kentucky campus and hold protests and all that stuff, I would have been at the front of the line at the Black Lives Matter protest. Every protest, I would have been right there in the front. That's what we did when I was in grad school. But here's the thing, um, you know, little boys grew up a little bit. You know, I, 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 I had to go through a few years of disillusionment with some of these uh, these ridiculous politicians for me to establish a new positioning. And the new positioning was one where I realized that these people don't love me, that as a black man, uh, that they that they'll show. Sure, they'll show up if they can get a vote. They can they'll show up if, if what they're doing for me at that moment or appearing to do for me is going to help them get elected. But they're not really going to show up when I really need them. 
You know, they're, they're not real. They're, they're kind of like that friend that, that kind of pops in uh, when they can get something from you and then they disappear when you need to get something from them. Right. So they, they're like, hey, man, let me hold twenty dollars. And you're like, OK, here you go, man. I got your back. And then you call them like, hey, man, I'm in a, I'm in a spot. Can I can I hold that same twenty dollars? They don't even answer the phone. They don't even call you back. I don't know. Anybody else? Give me a yes or no if you got friends like that. And if you are mature enough to know that those are the, not your friends, like, are you smart enough to know those are not your friends? Or do you go through life confused and saying, well, if you're really if he's really my friend, why would he do that to me? I, I, gosh, I mean, he's my best friend. Why would my best friend do? Why would my best friend be trying to sleep with my woman? You know, what? Well, why would my best friend not come through for me? Why? Why would my best friend not call me when I was sick in the hospital? Well, because he ain't your damn friend. He ain't your friend. That's not your friend, man. You're looking for love in all the wrong places. Get you some real friends. You ain't got no real friends right now. Your, 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 your fake friends are pretending to be your real friends. So you're rejecting your real friends because you're giving all your attention to your fake friends. You know, some of y'all Negroes out here, I mean, it, it was ridiculous to me during this election to see black people fighting other black people because you voted for Trump and I voted for Biden. That was about the most ridiculous plantation fight I've ever seen in my life. That is that is like the that's that's almost as dumb as somebody saying that I wear Gucci and I'm gonna beat you up because you wear Louis Vuitton. Like, are you serious right now? Like, are you serious right now? What is wrong with you? Like, why are you fighting black people over Biden versus Trump? Why in the world are you are you that misguided that you're gonna let that like they are in a civil war? That's what they are. They are in a civil war and they're fighting each other in the street right now. They are fighting each other in the street right now. The Trump supporters over here, yeah, we we go, we go, we go. America gonna be great again. The election was a complete fraud. Every vote was illegally cast. We go, we gonna take over, right? And then the Black Lives Matter protesters and the Antifa protesters and the far left, they're on the other side saying COVID's gonna kill everybody, dude. And and uh, and uh, and Black Lives Matter and, and, and you're a racist and okay, whatever, man. Like. I don't, I don't, you know what I'm doing during those protests? I'm at home chilling with my family. I'm taking care of my kids. I am taking care of my kids. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm out here with my, with my people, building, educating, building wealth, uh, building my community. That's where I'm at. I'm sitting back. I'm not picking sides in this war because there is no side for me. So, so where, where, why do I bring all this up? Well, because I, I just read today. Uh, and I'm going to share my screen on my Instagram. My Instagram is the Real Boys Watkins. Feel free to follow me on Instagram. And uh, and I I, I uh, saw this article. Thank shout out to Faye Bishop. Faye Bishop, a cool black lady, texted me uh, a headline that was uh, on political. And in this headline, they literally said that uh, the Black Lives Matter apparently, and I don't know exactly which uh, Twitter account is the official Black Lives Matter Twitter account. I'm just going to share what I have, and then y'all can make of it what you wish. Uh, but basically, um, you know, Black Lives Matter is claiming that they did not get um, that they have not heard from Kamala Harris or Joe Biden since the election. Uh, ever since they got enough Negro votes to get into the White House, uh, here it's, it's this tweet right here in the middle. I, I let me see if I can build it up on the screen. There we go. It says Joe Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Representative. Cedric Richmond met with civil rights groups yesterday. Black Lives Matter as the largest social injustice movement in history was not invited. Now, this is according to Politico. Uh, Politico says that when Biden had that meeting, y'all know that meeting he had where he was yelling at everybody like, 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 you know, like he was massive being and y'all didn't pick enough cotton or y'all need to just stop asking for labor rights and get, get back in the field. Uh, you know, whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm not even mad about it completely, honestly, because here's here's the deal. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are not liberal people. These are not liberal people. These are centrists. <laughs> these are people that these are Republicans that are running as Democrats. They're doing Bill Clinton 2.0. Well, better yet, you might call it Bill Clinton 3.0 because Barack Obama did Bill Clinton 2.0. They're basically uh, the, they're, they're, they're pretty conservative people. I mean, you know, the problem is that people don't understand that people look at what they're saying in the moment and don't look at what they did in the past. What you say in the moment is heavily influenced by what you need in the moment. So ladies, like when a man shows up at your house and he says, I'm gonna love you forever, baby, baby, please. You are the most beautiful woman in the world. And I want to be with you. And I want to make babies with you and have a family with you. If you can't like look back, you can't, if you can't look back and say, well, wait a minute for the last year, 
you've ignored me. You haven't called me for three weeks. You know, <laughs> I was sick in the hospital and you didn't even check to see if I was okay. If you can't connect the dots and realize that he's he's saying these things because he's trying to get something out of you in the moment, then guess what? You're going to get played. You'll get played like a sucker. And, and, and in every election, uh, they love to play black people like suckers because for some reason, some of our people just want to be suckers. I, I, I'm not saying I, I don't. I believe in the intelligence of melanin. Uh, Ro, uh, Ro Gwanglinwa, I keep saying her name wrong. I love her, though. She's on our all black intellectual chocolate panels that we usually do at 8 p.m. Eastern um, you know, almost every night. Uh, Ro was, was saying that melanin is connected with deep intelligence. And I agree with her 100 percent. But the problem is that intelligence only works if you use it. Intelligence only works if you hit the switch and turn it on. Intelligence only works if you uh, if, if if you turn on your your spidey senses and, and pick up and read between the lines. Intelligence only works if you can see past the words and look at the nonverbal communication that's being sent to you. So the words of Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are right on point. These are master politicians. They're very smart people. They know how to win an election. They know how to tell you what you need to hear. They know how to make you feel understood. They know how to listen to you and and and, and literally mirror the language that you're using so that you'll say, "Dang, they're 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 really down for me." Right? But but if you really want to understand what somebody stands for, don't listen to their words. You listen to their actions. Actions speak louder than words. 85% approximately, approximately 85% of all communication is nonverbal. That means that your actions tell me more than your words do. So what I'm saying to you is that a lot of people saw this coming. And, uh, and here's the deal. Um, Kamala Harris and, and Joe Biden, maybe they're, they, they may feel the heat from, from this, this complaint by Black Lives Matter. They may actually give you that meeting. They may give you that phone call back. But just mark my words on it and, and, and write this down, like bit, copy this and replay this three years from now, because what's going to happen is you're going to be pissed off two, three years down the line because they're going to meet with you. They're going to say all the right things. They're going to make you feel good. They're going to rub you on your booty and tell you that you're the cutest woman in the world. And then they're going to play you like a sucker again. That's exactly what they're going to do, because they do not feel comfortable with people that are it, it, that are push to the left, that are kind of to the left. They they, 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 they they have a problem there. If you listen to Joe Biden's language in that meeting he had, you know, with, the, with all those fake civil rights leaders where they randomly pick Negroes and then say, you you represent the black community or something. Like, I, I don't know how many of y'all, give me a yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. How many of you feel that Al Sharpton is the best guy to show up to every single uh, meeting where black issues are being discussed? It doesn't mean he can't come to some of them, but you got a preacher with a perm, uh, who I can't really identify any particular thing of significance that's been accomplished during his reign. No disrespect to Al. I'm not dissing Al. Uh, Al Sharpton, by the way, is one of the smartest people I've ever met. I used to sit next to him for hours and hours at a time and watch him talk to people and have these conversations and remember people's names. I was super impressed by that. He's a very smart man. Uh, you cannot survive this long in politics, complicated politics, without being a very smart guy. He's a, he's He's absolutely a genius. But just because he's a genius don't mean he's really doing what's best for you. So just because he's a genius doesn't mean he's a he's a fit for the job. So how many of you agree? Give me a yes or no. If you think Al Sharpton needs to be the guy that shows up to every meeting where they're getting together to decide the future of the black community. Give me a yes or no. OK, I hope that we agree on that, because I think that it's time to let somebody else show up to those meetings. Uh, you know, I think it's time. I think that what tends to upset the apple cart is when you introduce ideas from people like Dr. Claude Anderson, who are more likely to ask questions and to really push the issue a little bit more than someone who goes along with the issue. I, I listened to Sharpton's words during that meeting with Biden and Harris on that Zoom meeting, that secret Zoom meeting or whatever, where they uh, somebody uh, uh, you know, leaked the recording. And I, I heard Al Sharpton start off. He's, so, he's such a masterfully smart politician. He's probably smarter than Joe Biden. I really believe that. And so, so Al Sharpton starts off by saying, you know, uh, we are tired of symbolism and we are looking for uh, tangibles. We are looking for tangibles and, 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 and the symbolism must end. We need substance. It was substance. It wasn't tangibles. It was substance, right? And, and, I, and I said, oh, this is so smart. He knows the language. He knows the language of the streets. He's hearing people say, we want substance. We don't want symbolism. So then he start, then and I said, but I know he's going to turn. He's going to turn the bus off. He's going to drive the bus off the bridge any moment now, right? So that's what they do. That's what the job of a uh, of a fake civil rights leader is. No disrespect to Al, but this is what it is. With, you know, these appointed Negroes, these fake civil rights leaders, their job is to get to the front of the bus, 
take control of the bus. Like y'all driving the bus. Y'all like, okay, we driving the freedom, y'all. Let's let's make it happen. Right. And then their job is to say, okay, let me drive the bus. So you're like, okay, here, take the wheel. He jumps in front of the bus, and then his job is to take the bus and go and drive the bus off the cliff. And then say, well, die, you know, these Negroes, they can't get out of town because every time they get a bus, they drive it off the cliff. So I knew Al Sharpton was going to drive the bus off the cliff. And if you go listen to his words on this recording, he starts off, you know, I want simple, you know, we, we need, we've had enough symbolism. We need substance. And then, and then he starts saying, uh, you know, this is the first uh, clue that he was going to drive the bus off. the cliff." He says, I know Joe Biden is a man of substance. I know Kamala Harris is a man of substance. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I mean, a woman of substance, not a man, but y'all know what I mean. And, and and I'm like, well, no, no, they're not. They're not. No, Al, they're not. They're not. They're no. They they're full of shit. Like what? What? And uh, and and he and, he's, and then he says, and then he starts. Talking, he says, we need to restore dignity to police. I could have sworn he said that. That I got to go double check. I could have sworn he said something about we we must restore dignity to law enforcement and and something else. And it was like it was like some stuff where I'm like, what? That's not substance. That's not substance. That's like somebody saying, I know you're hungry. I know you need some food. Uh, so here's a piece of paper for you to eat for dinner tonight. Here, here, here's dinner. The dinner, I drew a picture on this piece of paper of a plate of chicken. And, and now I'm going to give you some nourishment for your body. A piece of paper with a piece of chicken drawn on it, it's not the same as actual food. Like, like So stop that. Stop calling something calling the thing something other than what that thing actually is, right? Substance, you can't say we want substance and then repeat the same symbolism. You have to actually offer substance, right? So so here's the deal. So so what I'm saying to you is this. Look, Black Lives Matter, um, you know, I, I feel sorry for you, uh, especially those of you who are younger. You know, a lot of you are in your 20s, the members, I'm talking about the membership here. We can have a whole conversation about the leadership and and I don't know what's going on with the financial stuff. All I know is that the, a lot of the Black the Black Lives Matter chapters are very unhappy because they feel that the leadership did exactly what I figured was happening here. Uh, the, you know, those who are wired into the Soroses and, and the, the, the white people who pay the bills, basically. Because, you know, when movements like this pop up and become extremely popular, usually there's a white man behind the scenes who's playing the Wizard of Oz. You know, you got a, you know, you got a puppet master. You got a puppet who thinks he's a real boy. And the puppet's out here just moving around. I have no strings to hold me down. And the puppet is acting like he's a real boy. And, and some of us don't know enough to look back and say, well, who's the puppet masters? Who's really pulling the strings on all this? So the, the leadership in Black Lives Matter right now uh, is under a lot of scrutiny because people are saying, well, wait a minute. All these corporations are writing big, fat checks, gigantic, gigantic checks uh, to Black Lives Matter. Ten million dollars here. Twenty million dollars there. Hundred million dollars here. Thirty million dollars there. And, and, and the hood ain't seeing none of this money. The chapters aren't even seeing any of this money. I'm not saying this is that this is the case. I'm not in any way seeking to uh, undermine or discredit the um, the legitimacy of of the leadership, but something ain't right. In, something's not right, right? Something makes me feel that maybe this money is it has it, it is positioned possibly to uh, basically <clears throat> excuse me further the interests of the Democratic Party. That basically, in, in many ways, some might argue. Some would say this. I'm not saying this. I I I, I some would say this though. That Black Lives Matter is kind of the a uh, white liberalism in blackface. That it is the the Negro wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, and if you read the if you read the Black Lives Matter website from the very beginning, like I did, I I just I have this really ridiculous habit of actually uh, researching things that I invest my time into. I, I I don't know what's wrong with me. I just I just like to like make sure that if before I sign up for something, that I'm not signing up for no BS. And I went to their website and I read it carefully. I did a whole video on it where we went through the website line by line by line. And there's some really interesting language in there that tells you that, okay, we've got this agenda here. And, uh, and it's, it's like, we've got this, this, this thing. And, uh, and, and, and it's, uh, and we want every, we want black people to take this thing in. Like it's an indoctrination process. So in order for us to indoctrinate black people into this set of ideologies, which are mostly centered around LGBT, transgender issues, things like that, which is perfectly fine. If you're, if you're part of that community and you're here, we love you. I have no animosity towards you whatsoever. In fact, if you're white and you're watching, I don't hate you either. Uh, this is all about black first though, right? So, so they, they, they've taken this ideology and said, let's just paint it black. 
Let's just put it in blackface and then black people will think that this is for them. And and what a lot of black folks don't yet understand is, is part of the reason that you don't win politically is that they don't actually address black issues you in, in a way that is uniquely rooted in, in what black people actually want, right? They, they don't do that. What they do is they, they will bring you something. Like you say, you know, what I really, really want is a chicken dinner with some corn and some mashed potatoes. And they they show up with uh with, with zucchini and a quiche and a candy bar, and they say, you know, this is your soul food. And you're like, that's not soul food, that's not what I want. I didn't I didn't ask for that. I, I didn't I didn't order that. And they're like, well, we're making sure that you get taken care of. No, I did not order that, right? So so there's a difference between uh you know, white folks delivering something to black people that they've decided that black people need versus them delivering something to black people that black people actually ask for. Most black folks I, I know, and I and I'm I, I I'm more connected to the roots of the internet. Like I, I I poll you guys to find out what do you really want. Usually, the things that you tell me you want are completely disjoint from the things that they claim that you need. Right, and that right there is the essence of um, of imperialism. That is the essence of colonialism. That is the essence of of extreme. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's early in the morning. I'm still trying to find my words. Uh, what's the word? Uh, it, um, not patronizing. Yeah, patronizing. Let's let's use that word. Uh, paternalism. That's the word I'm looking for. Paternalism. Paternalism is what you do with a child. Right. It's when you when your, your, your baby says, Mommy, I want some chocolate. And you say, no, you can't have chocolate. You don't want chocolate here. You want to carry it. Right. And that's fine. Right. Because mama knows best. But these people ain't your mama. Your mama loves you. These people don't love you. Your mama will, 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 will veto your decisions when you're a child because because she really has your best interest at heart. Give me a yes or no. Do you really think these people have the black the black community's best interest at heart? Give me a yes or no. Yes or no. Um, they, they don't have your best interests at heart. These people are not your, your parents. And so the fact that there are black people who love these people like they're like a relative, you know, who call Joe Biden Uncle Joe, uh, that is very, very disturbing, considering that Joe Biden went out of his way to make sure that your uncles got uh, and your daddy got beaten and raped in prison. That like literally Uncle Joe, your relative was 20 years ago literally speaking some of the most vile, destructive language on incarceration of any human being in history. That 25 years ago, your Uncle Joe was speaking in a way that would have made Adolf Hitler very proud because he was speaking in terms of mass extermination of hundreds of thousands of people. He said, we need $10 billion to build as many prisons as possible, So, and we need 100,000 police so that we can get these people out of society forever. Now, do you really think, process this, when Obama passed Obamacare, God, no, no, I'm not, I'm not even gonna dis, I'm not dissing Barack, I'm not even gonna put Barack in all this. Uh, but when Obama passed Obamacare, that was his legacy, that was his landmark achievement. That's the thing that he didn't want to see Trump or anybody else unravel, right? So, because every president, every politician wants to say, This is my legacy. Well, for Joe Biden, Mass incarceration was his legacy. Mass incarceration was his crown jewel. That was his, his greatest achievement of the 1990s in his mind. So you do you really think, here's what I'm getting at, black people. I need you to ask yourself this question. Do you really believe in your heart of hearts? Like, would you put it on, a, would you bet this on a stack of Bibles and put this on your grandma's grave that Joe Biden, the man who built his entire legacy on incarcerating as many people as possible, would, would actually be the guy who's actually going to unravel everything he worked for his whole entire life. Give me a yes or no in the chat. Give me a yes or no. And do me a favor, please. Uh, we're building black media here. Uh, I hope that you'll help us do that. All we need you to do right now is hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Please do that. Uh, also, uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, uh, you can follow me at the Real Voice Watkins. Uh, that's that's what that's my Instagram. And uh, and so uh, so we, we you know, we, this is this is serious stuff. So I put my Instagram up there. Feel free to follow my Instagram. And I also don't forget that this week we have the black real estate weekend in the black business school. Uh, so so join us. We're bringing a bunch of real estate experts in because uh, we believe in things like actually owning assets and buying the block and building communities and fighting gentrification, things like that. So uh, if you want to know how to either buy your first home or how to buy multifamily property or get into commercial real estate, or get into tax lien selling or whatever. We're doing the Black Real Estate Weekend coming up. Uh, so you can go to blackrealestateweekend.com. That's the URL on the screen. Okay, so um, so here's here's what I want to here's what I want to um, 
dig into a little bit on this whole thing with Black Lives Matter and Joe Biden. Uh, there is this thing, this concept in finance called moral hazard. Now, I've talked about moral hazard before. Somebody said drink water, so let me drink some water. There's this concept called moral hazard. And more, what moral hazard does is moral hazard is this idea that basically says that when you negotiate with another party, this is basically what it says in so many words. It's, it's a complex idea, but I'm going to break it down and make it real simple so your seven-year-old can understand this. Uh, moral hazard basically says that when you're negotiating with somebody and you have leverage, you better get all your agreements in line before you give the leverage away, right? Moral hazard says, look, if you if if if, if this uh if this woman that you're gonna marry uh, is a great woman and she's really nice to you and, and and treating you well and cooking dinner for you every day and you she wants you to marry her, um, you better make sure that you have an understanding before you tie the knot because you know you may get a situation where after you tie the knot. She says, well, I got this dude now. I got I got him now. I don't I, I can let myself go. I don't have to be nice to him anymore. I don't have to cook for him anymore. Um, moral hazard says that that if you are in a situation where uh if you're a lady and, and you got a guy who says, um, come on, baby, baby, give me give me some, just pull your pants down a little bit. And 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 and, and he says, Oh, you know, girl, I'm gonna be with you forever. I love you, girl, I'm gonna be with you forever. Moral hazard says that. It, at that moment, ladies, the all the negotiating power is in your favor. All the negotiating power is in your favor. The minute you decide to let him have what he wants, all the power shifts over to him. All the power goes over to him, right? And everybody knows what I'm talking about. Everybody knows about a situation. Give me a yes and no in the chat if you know what I'm talking about, where uh, a guy made a lot of promises before he got you to get in the bed with him. And all those promises were broken the minute you gave him what he wanted. Can, can I get an amen if you know what I'm talking about? And the next thing you know, you know, you're on social media complaining because your baby daddy ain't nothing, and you looking crazy showing up in the club with hair rollers in your hair, in your bunny slippers, cussing him out because he spent money on Ciroc and didn't pay the child support. Yo, yelling at him because he popping bottles, but he didn't buy you no diapers this week. Right. Right. Well, why is that? Why does that happen? Well, it's because of this thing called moral hazard. You didn't properly negotiate when the leverage was in your favor. You didn't properly negotiate. You didn't properly investigate. Investigate's important. It, it means basically feeling people out, taking your time, looking at their track record, deciding, hmm, is this person actually honorable enough for me to trust them? You see, because one of the things that drives moral hazard and the problems of moral hazard is this thing called information asymmetry. Information asymmetry basically says that he's got he that there are facts and information that he has that you don't have yet. There are things about him that he might know he's shady. He knows how shady he is, but you don't know how shady he is because you met him three days ago. And you're about to go ahead and lay down with this man and make a baby with this guy. And you just met him on Tuesday. Right. And so so effectively, this information asymmetry drives the moral hazard. What does that mean? Because you don't know what you're dealing with and you're jumping in too fast and you're not connecting the dots and you're not looking at the track record. You are about to sign up for a situation where you are going to get played. So how does this relate to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the Democratic Party and Black Lives Matter? Well, black people got played because when black people had leverage, Many of y'all did not want to use the leverage the right way. You had the gun. You had the, the bad guy cornered. You're, you're in the movie. You had the bad guy cornered. You had the gun cocked and squeezed. And people like me and Ice Cube and others were saying, come on, man, shoot, shoot, right? And you said, no, no, well, Jesus told me to forgive, so uh, I'm going to forgive. Now, this ain't your fault. This is not your fault. This is what you were trained to do since slavery. If anybody watched that Harriet Tubman movie, if you recall, that there was a white guy in the Harriet Tubman movie who did a lot of terrible things the entire movie. I mean, the worst villain imaginable. What did she do at the end? Anybody remember from the Harriet Tubman movie? This movie that was made by white people where they kind of just basically just crapped all over the legacy of Harriet Tubman. Anybody remember what happened at the end? When Harry Tubman had that gun with the barrel between his eyes, ready to blow his head off, 
She shoots in the air and throws a gun down and says, it's not right. You, you, you people shouldn't own people. And then, and then she lets him go off into the sunset. Now process this for a moment. This is what's fascinating. This connects deeply. This is, I'm about to bring Ice Cube's whole thing into this conversation. Harry Tubman was known for popping a cap in a Negro's ass if he was if he wasn't willing to follow the group and go to freedom. Remember that? Like, like if you if you didn't want to be free, I'd have to kill you, right? Remember that? Like, like she was known for like, like I'll I'll shoot a black person in a minute if he gets in the way, right? If he doesn't want to actually be free. So, so you're telling me that the person who was willing, this is not Harriet. This is, has nothing to do with Harriet. This is about the lie, the fake news on Harriet. Harriet, Harriet would, does not approve of any of the messages in that film, I bet you. But, but, but this is what the media does. They, they take the legacy of somebody who literally said that if a black person gets out of line, I'll pop a cap in that ass. But, you're literally telling me that when this white guy who's done terrible things to her and her community is right there in the sights of the barrel of her gun, she suddenly just decides to forgive and forget and walk away. See, that forgiveness thing is going to cost you everything because you don't know how to connect the dots and read between the lines and realize when you're getting consistently played like a sucker. So what you saw when you saw the whole thing with Ice Cube and his and I, it wasn't just Cube. He had a team of people behind him that were pushing this whole initiative. Ice Cube was 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 um deserves credit for choosing to be the figurehead of holding politicians accountable. But he was talking to a lot of people, a lot of people. I'm not going to talk about exactly who he was talking to because I don't Cointel pros probably watching. But 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 it was like it was an actual thing. And the amount of vitriol that was shown toward him and that whole initiative was absolutely disgusting. It was disgusting because you're telling me you can forgive a man who incarcerated hundreds of thousands of black people, but you can't forgive somebody who's looking out for your best interests. Well, that's what's wrong with you. That's why you got played like a sucker. And now the people that you had all this faith in are not even returning your phone calls, which was predictable during the election. It was predictable. We said that's what's going to happen. You know, but here's what here's another thing that they did. Um, hit the thumbs up button, by the way. Please hit the thumbs up button if you haven't done it yet. Also, hit the notification bell so you'll be notified when we go live. That's really important. Um, here's another little game people play with you. This is uh this is related to moral hazard, but this is kind of helping you understand the dynamics of how people get screwed. Um, has anybody have you ever had like a cousin? Process it like this. So another example of moral hazard, think about think about the most raggedy ass relative that you have. Like, like in your mind, I want you to visualize that cousin, nephew, child, parent, uncle, whatever, who, who is just trifling as hell. Like literally, you loan them, you loan them $50, they, they never pay you back, right? They say they're gonna pick the kids up from school on at, at, at four o'clock. They never they don't show up. Right. You know, you, you every time you ever they've done nothing but let you down their whole entire life. I want you to process and, 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 and visualize that person in your head. Now, I want you to also imagine this. Um, I, I had and I had a cousin like this. Uh, he, now here's the, my cousin. Every time I loaned him money, he never paid me back. But I was stupid. I was a sucker. Right. I, I so we can all be suckers. Right. So don't feel bad if you are a sucker to Joe Biden. I, I'm sometimes I, I will be a sucker to my relatives. Right. And so you, you loan him money, he never paid you back. But here's what my cousin would do. My cousin, he was slick. So, so what he did was he he had a lot of audacity. He would not only borrow your money and not pay you back, but then he would reach back out like six weeks later and borrow some more money. And 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 you're like, Negro, you didn't pay me back the money that you that I loaned you like like two months ago. And you know what he would do? Here's what he would do. This is where he would get you. He would say. I know, I know, I know, cuz I, I know, I know, man. I know I didn't come through, uh, but but you know, um, we I'm about to if I don't get some money, I'm gonna get evicted tomorrow. Like you know, I'm gonna get and, and you know, I got you know my my kids, you know, my little girl's five, and you know, you don't want your niece to get evicted, man. You know, like like you know, she gonna be on the streets too, right? And then you start, you're like, damn, like like okay, I promised grandma I would I would help my cousin out. I'm gonna be there for family. Because I got survivor's guilt, right? Like you, some of y'all got that, right? Where you're the only person in your family that has any money at all. So you start feeling guilty. You start doing stupid stuff like that. And then you're like, dang, well, I don't want my niece to get evicted, right? And so the guilt trip kicks in. And then you end up loaning that cousin money again. 
right? Knowing that he didn't pay you back the last time. Well, the Democrats do the exact same thing. When, when the Democrats show up to black people, they, they say, hey, we need you to vote. We need booties to the polls, souls to the polls, vote or die, whatever little stupid slogan they're using to get you out to the polls. And then you're like, but wait a minute, you ain't paid us back from all the other votes that we gave you. Like you, you have a debt to pay. Like, like you, when can we expect payment? Like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that we messed. I know we did the crime bill and all that. Yeah, we did that. And, 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 but it's going to be different this time. We promise you like, no, no, no. I don't think it's going to be different this time because I know you, I know the, the, the leopard stripes and I'm not going to fall for that. And then what they'll do, and then they go, they, but they then they go to the emer- they go to emergency mode. They go to uh, DEFCON 4, and they start saying, um, well, yeah, I get all that. I get all that, but we got to get Trump out of office. If we don't get Trump out of office, we all going to die, and, and COVID is coming, and the world is falling apart, and we did, and, and the police shot a black man yesterday. So so I know, and you're like, yeah, but you, you have not paid your debt. I'm not voting for you if you didn't pay your debt. Yeah, I, I hear all that, but we can talk about that after the election. When, when Ice Cube went to go meet with Biden's team and other uh, members of the Democratic Party, the biggest thing they told him was, we'll talk about this after the election. No, you don't talk, we're going to talk about it after the election. We're going to talk about it now because after the election, my leverage is gone because you don't got what you wanted. You see, understand the mindset of your politicians in America. Your politicians, unfortunately, are garbage. Doesn't mean they're bad people. It's, it, it may be from the system. I don't know. But your politicians are garbage. And let me tell you why. The politician is not thinking about the long-term effects of his actions, right? He's not thinking about like, well, what's going to happen? How are they going to deal with me later if I don't follow through on my commitment now? Like if I look like a scumbag today, they're going to remember this three years from now when I try to get reelected. They're not thinking this way. They're thinking, I got to get elected now. I have to make whatever promises I need to make now. And if they are stupid enough to give me more credit and to give me more um, uh, more leeway to make a promise, then I'm going to use that and I'll figure out how to overcome that later on. Right? Look at the way they manage the, the country's finances. Every single year, we run into a budget crisis where the government's about to be shut down because the deficit's too high. And what do they do? They go borrow more money, right? They just add to the national debt. And you're like, how is it that you have $27 trillion in debt, but your annual revenue is $3 trillion? That's like a person, that's like a person with with, with $270,000 in student loan debt who makes $30,000 a year. I, I can just tell you as a PhD in finance that that's not a good financial situation to be in. You don't want to have $270,000 in student loan debt when you're making 30 grand a year. That ain't going to work out for you. But why do they do that? Well, because they're trying to survive the moment. They're trying to get what they need in the moment. And they're like, you know what? We'll worry about that debt later. We'll let the future generations worry about that, right? So the same thing happens when it comes to their debt to the black community. They just keep piling onto the debt and it's a debt they can never repay because don't forget, they owe you about $15 trillion from reparations. All these politicians who didn't even say the word reparations, they have been given strict orders not to say the word reparations, even though the whole black community wants to talk about reparations. Actually, let me confirm. Give me a yes or no. How many of you would love it if we had a big referendum, national conversation on reparations? Give me a yes or no. Would that would that please you? If that somebody said voice for president, if I was president tomorrow and I said, OK, first agenda item, first 100 days, we're going to talk about reparations as a country. Well, do I have your approval uh, to, to have that discussion? Would that be OK? With you, with the power vested in me by, by 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 intelligent black people around the world. Okay, all right, good. So black people want to talk about reparations, but they're under strict orders not to even say the word. Barack Obama has been under strict orders not to even say the word. Uh, you know, Kamala Harris is under orders not to even say the word. Uh, Joe Biden definitely is not going to say the word. So so it's so really what's going on is they're kind of dealing with you the same way they deal with the national debt. Right, they're dealing with you the exact same way. If you keep, if you let them keep getting away with it, then they're going to keep on doing it. Uh, so, so ultimately, uh, when you talk about Black Lives Matter, um, I have I have no animosity toward the individuals in the organization. I have some concerns about the organization, not in an animosity sort of way, but in a way that I see this as a uh, horizontal issue that is an ultimately a distraction to the black community. Uh, their ideology is not my ideology. My ideology is be one, black first 
specific black solutions because slavery was very specific. If you read books like Poweronomics, Black Labor, White Wealth, there, there are volumes of evidence to show that they were trying to enslave you specifically. They weren't enslaving gay people and white women and stuff like that and immigrants. They were enslaving black people, foundational black Americans. So because the problem is such a specific problem, the solution must be a specific solution. So when you try to entangle you know, blackness and, and sort of throw it on the train with all these other things, all these other issues, these liberal issues, then you're not going to get anything done. And that's been proven. This is not a controversial statement. This is actually a fact. So what I, what I really think that though for us as black people, though, is that we, we can't really get mad at them. We really have to kind of look at ourselves and look at our strategy. And the same way there were people <clears throat> beating up on the ice cubes of the world and others who agree with him, who actually just said, Something should be done for black people. We must hold them accountable. Well, you know what? I think in the next election, you should be equally clear, uh, not brutal, not mean, but equally clear to say, no, I'm not going to allow them to play me like a sucker. I'm not going to allow them to do the moral hazard problem on me. I'm going to make sure that we negotiate hard while we have leverage. And that is what power looks like. Power means that you can't get played uh, based on your emotions. Power means that you make people do what they have to do. Think about it like this. Here's the deal. Remember, I was explaining to you that the debt they owe black people is too big to repay. Let's just be clear. They, 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 they're just like, how are we going to pay these people the 15 trillion we owe them? It's not they in their mind. It's not even possible. So when somebody's in a situation like that, like like again, like that student who or that 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 college student who makes thirty grand a year, who owes two hundred and seventy thousand dollars, if you politely ask him, if you politely show up and say, "Hey, uh, you got this quarter million dollars in debt. Uh, can you start repaying that?" He's not going to do anything. How many of you have ever just ignored the the bill collectors when they call for you about your student loans? Like Sally Mae, Fred, you know, all those people when they when they when they hit your phone. How many of you literally just know the numbers or or see them on, on your uh, caller ID and just know not to pick up? Don't don't lie. I know some of y'all done did it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Half of all black college graduates default on their student loans, so you're not alone. I get it. That's why we have conversations about how to manage that type of stuff or how to get out of those situations, right? It, it's a common thing, right? So, so imagine this. Uh, so, so I want you to process it like this. So, uh, think about how hard they would they would have to work to make you pay that debt. Like they they, they they're not gonna get that money out of you by being nice. <laughs> I, I know they weren't gonna get it out of me by being nice back in the day when I was not ready to pay, right? They, to get that money, you you sometimes you gotta play hardball. Right, just like to get that child support out of that dude who doesn't want to pay child support. Sometimes you got to, you might have to take his driver's license. You might have to go garnish his check. Right. So, so with the government, with these politicians, you're not going to get what you want out of them for the black community by being nice about it. You're not going to get what you want out of them for black people by trying to be their friend. You're not going to get what you want out of them by going along with the okie doke. You cannot trust these people. You have to play hardball. You have to garnish their check. So, so let's go back to the example I used earlier. You got the cousin. The cousin comes and borrows money all the time, never pays it back. But he comes back and borrows more because now he knows how to guilt trip you. He's got a new story. Well, hey, cuz, you know, uh, you know, I, I just got locked up and uh, and it, it's terrible in here, cuz. And I know grandma said you told grandma that you was gonna hook me, you was gonna take care of me. Uh, you know, when grandma died, so that, that's what they do. Like, your ancestors died for you to have the right to vote. That type of thing, that little guilt trip thing. So you know, grandma said you 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 told you told grandma that you was gonna take care of me, and you're like, man, I don't hook you up. I to carry you so many times because they, it's terrible here because they, they're about to beat me up and rape me and I, I got to get out of here, right? right? Well, there might be a point where you might have to say, I love you, but you're going to have to stay in jail until you learn a lesson. You know, I or 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 you know, cuz I'm, I'm about to get evicted, and you know, you don't want your little niece on the street, do you? Cuz well, you might there might be a time. The question is, do you have the guts to say, you know what, I love my niece, and you can even let her come stay with me, but. Uh, you have played me too many times. I'm not going to get played as a sucker anymore. So you have to solve that problem. The ball is in your court. I didn't get you well, because you you going to get your own niece evicted. No, I didn't get my niece evicted. You got my niece evicted. You did this. I did not do this. So when they say, well, well we need you all to show up to the polls because if you don't show up to the polls, Trump's going to get reelected. My response was, 
I'm not the one getting Trump reelected. If Trump gets reelected, you're the one who got Trump reelected because you didn't do your job. My vote has always been available. It's always been ready for me to hand over. I've wanted to give you my vote, but you keep playing me for a sucker. You keep screwing my people. You keep telling us lies. So because you are choosing to engage in behavior that is undermining the trust in this relationship, I can't do nothing else for you. So it, this will not change until you decide to change. The change is in your hands. The ball is in your court. So that you get what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when you deal with these politicians, you must put the ball in their court. You cannot allow them to have you carrying around the guilt that comes from their behavior, from, from, from their, the lack of trust that they built by repeatedly making promises and never keeping those promises, never even talking about reparations. How abominable is that? Look at what you've done to black people over the last 400 years. You can't even talk about it. And we got Negroes out here that really want to go and give you all their support. I'm sorry. I, I, it bothers me immensely. And I don't want to be mean to anybody. But it's 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 unbelievable, and it, it is a clear explanation regarding why you keep getting played. You keep getting played because you play yourself. So that's it. So don't blame Joe Biden. Don't blame Kamala Harris. Don't blame the Democratic Party. Blame yourself. Blame yourself. So that's it. That's those are my thoughts for today. Um, by the way, if you haven't uh, joined, uh, if you haven't taken a look, we have the allblackagenda.com. Um, we believe in the black agenda. I have the philosophy that the black agenda is not something I want to take to Joe Biden because I don't believe Joe Biden or any of those people are ever really going to pursue a meaningful black agenda. I believe that you can actually pursue a black agenda in your own house. So uh, we have some resources. Most of them are free on the black agenda, the allblackagenda.com. So feel free to go to the allblackagenda.com. The URL is right there on the screen. There's a lot of free stuff there. There's the $5 a day investment plan so you can build wealth for your family. There's a link to Ice Cube's contract with Black America, which is extremely, extremely good. Well, that's how Cube and I became friends is I read the contract and I said, this is really, really good. I, I, I read things with skepticism. I read it and I really liked it. Um, also, um, don't if you if you want to participate, we are building a black-owned movie industry. We're supporting black filmmakers. So you can go to blackmovienight.net. Our next film is going to be Stock Option by Mark Harris. We're going to show this next Thursday night. And then um on the 26th, there's a screening of Happy. Happy is done by Taki Grant. I'm an executive producer on that film. We're building a black movie industry. It's extremely good. It's all about how modern economic systems have their roots going back to ancient Africa. So he went all over the world to shoot this film. So if you want to join us, uh, you can go to blackmovienight.net. So these are some resources that we have. These are some things that we're doing. And uh, also, of course, you know, tonight we're doing our black business pitch competition. So uh, if you want to participate in that, just subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to something so that uh, I can let you guys know when we get started. Because we're so, so we're not just talking about things. We're implementing solutions. And these are solutions that can be done by you. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes you can make as a black person is to wait for politicians to elevate your community. Uh, the worst thing you can do as a black person is to wait for white people to elevate your community. The worst thing you do as a black person is to believe that anybody else is going to care about your community when you yourself have not had the guts to care about your own community. When you're not doing it for yourself, then why would you think anybody else would do it for you? So, um, you know, no, no disrespect to Black Lives Matter. I want to reiterate that. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to join, join the organization. I agree with you that Black Lives Matter, but I also believe all Black Lives Matter. So, when little kids are being shot in the hood of Chicago, those Black Lives Matter. When black men and women are going to prison and getting beaten and raped and, and killed, uh, those Black Lives Matter too. When black people are dying year round from a variety of, of issues that go beyond just COVID, those Black Lives Matter to me too. So um, I agree with the philosophy. I just don't want to sign up for the organization because the organization to me, unfortunately, their core issues uh, that they focus on are a little bit of a distraction. And the fact that they are so appalled about the Democratic Party's behavior is really fascinating to me because it really makes me think about that money that they collected, that those hundreds of millions of dollars. And it makes me wonder, um, you know, are, like how much of that money really did go into the coffers of the Democratic Party? Uh, you know, so if a corporation is giving uh, $10 million to Black Lives Matter, are they giving $10 million to black people or are they giving $10 million to white people? You know, because black people don't control the Democratic Party. They put your face on it. Of course, they, they, they'll give black people a couple of jobs, but that's a plantation. 
That is, a, I mean, that's a plantation, right? The Republican Party, we know that's another plantation, right? Uh, so, 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 so to me, if you're giving money to Black Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter is shoveling that money up to the Democratic Party, well, that's a little bit scamish. That's a little bit problematic. Um, that's a little bit like those, um, you know what it makes me think about? It makes me think about those little kids that come to your house and they have a piece of paper and they read from the paper. Hi, my name is Mitchell. I am 12 years old and I am selling candy in order to uh, stay off the streets and avoid committing crime. Uh, would you like to buy this overpriced box of candy from me? Uh, it, this money will go toward keeping me off the street, right? And then you see some some big grown ass man like standing maybe about 50 feet away, kind of watching Mitchell at your doorstep, waiting, waiting to see if Mitchell get your money, right? And, and then you hand the money to Mitchell because you really think you're helping Mitchell stay off the street and Mitchell goes right to the grown ass man and hands him the money that you just handed him. Well, you can play like a sucker. The Democratic Party is, I, in my opinion, they're doing this. When they create the black wing of the Democratic Party, they're creating these little grassroots organizations, right, that are designed to galvanize black votes, right, to get to, and, 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 they, and, the, and, the, and the formula is brilliant. Uh, they know that you're easily triggered. So their goal is to say, okay, what is the most traumatic, most triggering thing happening in the black community? Oh, a black man got shot. We're going to let that video play 10,000 times on repeat through the media outlets that we control, like the CNNs and the MSNBCs, and we're going to get black people to be super emotional, and then we're going to talk to them about it. Everybody's going to get riled up, and then every conversation is going to end with, this is why we got to all go vote, right? That's what it is, right? So they're, they're literally corralling you. They're gathering you maybe the same way you, you might gather, uh, well, maybe sheep or, or, or the way you might want to herd cows or pigs. Right. Because you need numbers. You need numbers. And, and and all of this is being driven by wealthy people. Corporations give money to the Democrats so that or in the Republicans so that they can use that money to mass market that trauma to you or mass market emotional issues to you so that you will show up and vote. And then once you show up and vote, the politician that's been empowered by your vote is not going to go and serve you. Why would you go take care of the sheep? You don't take care of the sheep. You take care of the people that gave you the money to go corral the sheep, right? So you're going to go take care of the billionaires because the billionaires were the ones that they're the ones you need the most. You know, the, the, the sheep, they're the suckers. They'll, they'll fall for anything that's mass marketed on TV because we've been programmed by media to do what we're told. Black people are the best in history at doing exactly what we're told, right? We, we are so good at that. And it, it's almost to a disturbing level, right? So, so you're not going to go take care of the sheep. Who cares about the sheep? The sheep are going to do what they're told. You take care of the person who gave you the money to go corral the sheep, right? That's how the game is played. And that's what's going on here. And that's why I don't think you're going to see Joe Biden, who is a very pragmatic politician. He is a very, um, he, he's, a, he's, 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 a, he's a corporate guy, right? Uh, uh, to give you an example, um, there, there, and this is not bashing Biden as a politician. You can think about him what you want. This is just facts. Um, does anybody know uh, that Biden actually was the guy who got the law passed that says that if you have student loans, you can't write your student loans off in a bankruptcy. Does anybody know that? Give me a yes or no if you knew that. That that, that Biden, one of one of his other landmark achievements was that he passed this, this law basically saying that you cannot write your student loans off in a bankruptcy. Now, I need you to ask yourself this question. This is for intelligent Black people only. Uh, some people aren't going to understand where I'm going with this. Ask yourself, who, get, first of all, let, let's just do a straw poll. If I were to say to you, you know, I just got elected, Boyce just got elected in the Congress, and then my first act is I want to go pass a law that says that if you um, have student loans, you cannot write them off in a bankruptcy. Give me a yes or no. How many of you would agree and say, yes, that's exactly what I want? That's what I that's what I need. Right. That's what we we need to make sure that those dang student loan loafers don't 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 end up not paying the banks back because those poor banks are going to going to lose so much money. Right. How many of you would, would, would say would say, yeah, yeah, that's what that's what we need. Right. No, none of you would do this. None of you. You either because either you have student loans and you're like, no, why would I screw myself? Or you don't have student loans. And you don't care. You're like, no, let's focus on something else. Why we why we care about making money for the banks? So you must ask yourself, why would a politician go out of his way to pass a law like that? The point is, he's not doing that on behalf of the American people. He's doing that for the banks. The corporations that got him elected said, hey, we wrote you that big campaign donation check. 
we need you to go and get this law passed because these damn people are not paying their student loans back. So we need you to pay, pass a law that says that they cannot write them off in a bankruptcy. Now, the que- now so so then that that leads to a deeper question that says when you think about you know the, the, one of the campaign promises, which was a reform on student loans, that they were going to you know kill some of your student loan debt. Again, why would Joe Biden really unravel his legacy in such a significant way? Right, he spent a chunk a chunk of his career forcing you to pay student loans. So why would he be the guy that was going to write all your loans off and free you from that debt? It doesn't. It just doesn't make a lot of sense, right? So, um, you know, you can believe in him if you want to. I mean, I, I know I get it. He's for some of y'all, he's your white baby Jesus or whatever, and that's fine. I don't really care. I just want to kind of break those things down and to say that everything Black Lives Matter is going through right now was completely predictable by those who've watched the game long enough. And some of you are going to hear what we had to say today, and you're going to have a different strategy. Doesn't nobody's telling you who to vote for? Nobody's telling you what to do. I'm just telling you that the way you've been playing the game to this point has not worked. And when it does not work, you must do something different. So when you go to church and your pastor says, everybody get your booty to the polls uh, because our ancestors died for you to have the right to vote, just know that they're going to the same playbook. And the question is, at what point do you break out of your programming and say, we're not doing that anymore. We're going in a different direction. We're going to, we need a different strategy. We need a different layout. This is not going to work for us. All right. So I'm going to go, guys. Uh, hit the thumbs up button. Also, my Instagram is the real boys Watkins and also financialjuneteenthtv.com. Uh, you can subscribe there if you want to check out um, our black business pitch competition. We do this uh, every Monday night at eight o'clock with Lene Javet. Uh, it's called Life's a Pitch. And it's basically to provide exposure to Black-owned businesses and to uh, also give them feedback on the quality of their, of their business model and their pitches and things like that, because I believe that one of the solutions for Black people is the ability to uh, build businesses. And uh, also, don't forget that the Black Real Estate Weekend is coming up uh, next next uh, on the 19th. So if you want to join us, go to BlackRealEstateWeekend.com. Uh, if you have an interest in ownership of property, um, the, the, uh, the, the accumulation of multifamily property, commercial real estate, tax lien selling, whatever the case may be. We have a whole slew of real estate experts coming through the black business school. Uh, we're solution oriented. We have a lot of people that are out here actually building things and creating things. And this is important too. If you listen to a lot of the politicians, they always talk about giving black people jobs, more jobs, 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 um, black people. It's okay to have jobs. But, the, but if those jobs don't come from your community, then what's unfortunately happening is you're committing to a form of economic colonialism and economic slavery because the people in America that have jobs are the ones who build America, but they don't benefit from America. People have, who have jobs, um, unfortunately, jobs give you enough money just to sustain yourself and get by. It is wealth and ownership that gives you real power, that gives you real legacy, that gives you real economic potential. And so when everybody in the black community simply says, I'm looking for a job and you're looking for the nearest white man to go work for, then basically you're signing up for a type of indentured servitude in which all of your human capital is being sucked out of your community. You're adding to the wealth drain. Black wealth continues to go down because your best and your brightest who could have created multi-billion dollar companies are actually just employees for a white guy who's building a multi-billion dollar company. So this does not mean that you can't have people in the community seeking jobs. That's fine. But you must have a class of ownership as well who looks out for the community, who stand as stewards of the community that can actually create the jobs so that when black college graduates come home, they're not all going to search for a white man to work for. They're not looking for a white sponsor, right? That's a that's a new type of slavery. It's very similar to uh, to what what you did, what they did after slavery. After slavery, but when the black slaves were freed, uh, they pretty much said, "Okay, well, you need to go work for a white man because you have no other no purpose outside of that." So a lot of your black college graduates, these the, the successful Negroes, if you will, uh, they get out of school. They're never taught how to actually build anything. They're only taught how to go work for other people. So the first thing they they do is they take all that wealth, all that human capital, all that potential, all that brain power, and they spend 100,000 hours. But over the next 40 years, 100,000 hours of labor is donated to white supremacist institutions. And then you, and this explains why their power keeps growing, your power keeps dropping, because what you have is being taken away and what they have is being added to. That's why integration was not a benefit for black people. Integration, it, it was mostly a benefit for white people. I can fully understand why 
white people would want to integrate with you because you're smart, because you work extremely hard, because you provide a wonderful labor class, because you're great consumers, because you add tremendous value, because you're great renters, you pay your rent on time, which allows your landlord to buy a house. So I just want you to kind of think about this so you can decide which side of that fence you want your kids to be on. So get educated on economics. Joe Biden's not going to do that for you. You have to do that for yourself. So uh, take care, guys. Have a good day. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out. BlackRealEstateWeekend.com. That's when we're doing the real estate event. Feel free to join us. I'll see you soon. Have a good day. Talk to you later. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.